You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When I got home, I was very unwell. And uh, I had one last little bender in Melbourne. And then uh, I think on the Monday morning, I was walking down some city street in Melbourne alone on my own, just going, what the, you know, I hadn't slept for like four days. And, and it was just, I was, a, I was an absolute mess. And uh, that's when I said, all right, I'm going to do this properly and I'm going to apply myself, but I'm going to do all the suggested things. And uh, I've been doing that ever since and staying uh, clean and sober one day at a time since since back then, October the 27th, I think it was in 2000, must be 2011. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. We have now just begun the second week of Vox and Hops' Sober February. I personally am really enjoying this. I hope that you guys are enjoying this as well. I have some great, great episodes coming up, including this one, where all of the content is focused on having a balanced relationship with alcohol. I think it is something extremely important and something that should be talked about and shared. So this is why I am doing Vox and Hops' Sober February. I'm super stoked about what I've accomplished this month, and I can't wait to release all the upcoming episodes which I have for Sober February. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter. When there isn't a crippling pandemic destroying the music industry... They normally put on a bunch of sick, sick concerts here in Montreal. But not only that, they also put on one of North America's biggest and best metal festivals. Now, trust me when I say this because it's the absolute truth. I have played shows all over the globe, and I have to say that Heavy Montreal is up there in my top five, top three, easily one of the best. I am so, so proud to be from Montreal and to have one of the world's best metal festivals be from my hometown. I am super, super stoked to have heavy montreal behind the vox and hops podcast before we jump into today's episode i just want to ask you to subscribe to the vox and hops metal podcast if you have already subscribed something extra that you can do for me that would really help would be to rate it and write a review because when you do that more people just like yourself will be able to discover the vox and hops metal podcast i also just launched the vox and hops metal podcasts mailing list you can go and sign up to that on the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast website, which is voxandhops.com. That is V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened in the world of Vox and Hops in the, during that past week, including all of the details for any episodes which I dropped that week. If I have been a guest on someone else's podcast, the details for that will be included in that email. And more than that, you shall receive the links to any up-and-coming Thirsty Thursday virtual hang live interviews and the updated links to the Brutal Awakenings playlists, which is curated by the metal architect himself, my man Jerry Monk. If you haven't checked out the Brutal Awakenings playlist yet, you absolutely should. Jerry spends each Friday listening to all of the new music releases 
a whole bunch of music. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. And then he just picks the sickest, the most exciting, the most uh, extreme music and puts it all into one place into the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is available on both Apple Music and Spotify. And the links for that will be included in the email to all of you Vox and Hops heads who have signed up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcasts mailing list. Now, I'm very excited about today's guest. I am super stoked to have had the chance to talk to him. He is a very, very cool dude, an extremely intelligent person. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 228 with Matt Young of King Parrot and Crisis Act. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today, I am with Matt Young, the vocalist of King Parrot and Crisis Act. Matt, I'm super, super stoked to be with you. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, Yeah, as we were just saying off air, I'm not just on holidays with my family out in a place called... uh, Lakes Entrance, which is out on the east coast of Victoria, so it's uh, it's a beautiful little spot. There's lots of people with boats and people fishing and all that sort of stuff. So just got here yesterday and just enjoying it, man. It's great. Well, I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time out of your vacation to have a chat with me. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. It's all good. I wasn't doing much anyway. <laughs> um, how? Let's start with a bigger question, a, uh, something more to chew on. How did you cope with uh, the beautiful year of 2020? Well, uh, I did a lot more recording of vocals in my garage than I've ever done before. <laughs> um, and I, like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure my neighbors all think I'm a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> they're just like, you know, 11 o'clock at night here and these <laughs> screaming and carrying on. So, but they all kind of know what I do. So, and I just say, you know, like, it's, it's all right. I'm, I'm not killing anyone in there. There's no one dying. It's, it's all good. It's just me recording my vocals. So just, yeah, if it's, if it's too late or it's getting, it's getting to be a problem, just let me know, but they, they're okay with it. It's all cool. But no, it's been good, man. I've, I've actually, you know, we've had the most probably full on lockdowns uh, as you might've heard, um, it, potentially in the world. I don't know. In Melbourne, it was crazy. We had checkpoints all around the city. Wow. We had, um, uh, you know, like police and military a lot in the streets, which is something that, you know, hasn't really happened before in Australia. And, um, yeah, it was full on, man. And we're still not back to gigs or anything like that. Uh, I think over in Perth, they are having some shows and there's some limited capacity shows and all that sort of thing happening. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's been a strange year. And, and, and for us, for our band as well, like we usually like to tour and play a lot and, um, uh, you know, if we're not touring and playing in, you know, like in North America or, or Europe or, um, you know, we're doing regional shows in Australia out in that sort of, um, uh, not as easy to get to places. Um, so we haven't really done any of that. We've, I think we played maybe six shows for the year and that was it really early on. We went to Japan and did some shows with, uh, with Phil Anselmo and the Illegals. We did three shows over there and we did three headlining shows here in Australia earlier in the year and, and that was it. So, yeah, uh, I've released some music. We had some tracks that we had left over. Um, so we released a, a, a short little King Parrot EP it was on 7-inch on as well, which was which was great. 
Um, we weren't initially going to release those songs, um, but we did, and it turned out really good. We got it remixed and remastered and, and just put it out as a really limited sort of release, and that's gone really well. And um, and also worked on Crisis Act with uh, uh, the brothers Haley from Psychropic. Yes, and, I love them. Uh, and, and, and Brett from Revocation. Also love them. As well, so that's been heaps of fun too. And so we all just rec- – we've never actually played together. We, everything was just done remotely and um as i said the vocals were recorded in my garage so <laughs> it's uh it's been so much fun to do it though and and we've got heaps more material to come so um those guys joe and dave are just absolute machines as you're well aware um creatively and and, and in terms of just churning out product they just continuously at it so um, i can't keep up with them <laughs> absolutely though the haley brothers are absolute gems of human and joe is probably i say it all the time one of the most underrated metal guitarists out there he is so damn good oh yeah 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 he's uh he's just the greatest guy too you know <laughs> he's uh, such a quiet humble man true um but he's just like you know i mean he does all that psychoptic stuff but then when you you know you listen to what he does with the crisis act stuff too and and, and the other all the other bands that he's played in too um uh it's amazing just to sort of see the, the the versatility, you know, you can just straight into this old school grind sort of stuff that, you know, it's like, wow, you can do that as well. Great. <laughs> He's, you know, and he does this like, and you know, he plays drums in a cover band. I don't know if you've ever seen I him. Not, no. He's a better, apparently he's a better drummer than Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Dave has been busy too. He dropped Werewolves this year. I think two albums. Are they yeah. have a new album coming in? That's super sick. Super sick. Super sick. Yeah. Uh, t- talk to me about tracking in your garage. Is that the first time you've done that? Oh, no, no. But I mean, it's not the first time I've done it, but it's the first time I've done it for a release. Yeah. Okay. Like for something that we've actually put out. Okay. More for just for demoing before going into a studio. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I just asked Joe what he wanted me to do and how he wanted me to do it and, and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I just made do with what I got. I certainly wasn't decked out for a, um, you know, decked out for doing a proper vocal booth recording or anything like that. We just made the, made the best of it. But I think with Crisis Act, the idea wasn't for it to be, you know, pristine or anything like that. It's, it's, it's supposed to be a bit rough around the edges. And um, although the final product, I think he mixed it quite smickly, you know, it was like, it, it was probably turned out a little, um uh cleaner than what i thought it might but um you know nevertheless he does a, um, he does a great job and, and the great thing about that band is absolutely everything is in-house so um you know I, I i you know did a bit of the social media stuff and um dead set records is a label that i've just sort of started doing very slowly this year with just the, those two the, the king parrot and crisis act release um, but, but Joe does all the mixing and, you know, obviously does the drums and the guitars and, and all that. And Joe made the videos. We sort of did, did dodgy iPhone videos and stuff, um, which, you know, he just sort of turned into what the, how they came out, which I, I think they turned <laughs> out okay. And, and Dave does all the distribution. Like Dave, as you probably well know, is, you know, very busy with uh, the touring side of things out here in Australia. And, um, he is always touring bands and obviously when that slowed up he just diversified his business and became 
uh, a distribution guy. Really, so and smart. He's doing merch and all that, you know. Now, and he's got a little warehouse set up. Sick, so smart. <laughs> he the made himself a warehouse job, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's cool. But, yeah, he's pretty determined not to have a boss. So good for him. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's great. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends and talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Now, you will not be talking about craft beer because craft <laughs> beer because you have been sober for nine years now. So, congratulations for that. That's amazing, dude. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and I, I definitely want to have a chat with you for my sober February, which is happening right right now. So, so what are you drinking on your side, and then I'll introduce what I'm drinking on my side. In here? Yeah. It's a dirty chai. So, you know a dirty chai? I do not. No, I know chai tea. It's, it's, so, it's a, it's a chai latte uh, with coffee in it. Oh. Yeah, it's the best. It is the best. So, it's sweet like a chai and all that sort of stuff. And then I, I like to add a little bit of, bit of coffee. Because um, I'm on holidays, I've got instant coffee in it, which isn't what I would normally do. I'd usually get the coffee machine. I put like two or three shots in, depending on the size of the mug and and uh, put some of this. Uh, I'll just grab it for you. It's it's like just powdered chai stuff. It's probably full of sugar and not very good for you, but it <laughs> tastes fantastic. <laughs> I love it. On my side, I'm going to be drinking Lider Freyers uh, Hickson. It is their alcohol-free IPA, India Pale Ale. Uh, it's oh. very cool. Uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, non-alcoholic craft beer that's popping up here in Montreal, and I really think cool. that 2021, there's going to be a lot of non-alcoholic options. They actually just... Uh, released a non-alcoholic gin as well which is actually really tasty that's interesting yeah yeah it really works it's it's uh, they actually use it dune, it. yeah they use dune pepper to uh mimic the heat that alcohol would cause on your throat it's actually very interesting wow yeah that that sounds very interesting i probably wouldn't try it but uh <laughs> but it sounds interesting that's for sure <laughs> super stoked to have you with me cheers man excellent Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. So let's dance into being sober. It's been nine years now. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when you were drinking, when you started drinking? What was your relationship with beer when you just started out? Do you remember that first brew? I do. I do very, very well. Um, I was probably in the fifth grade, so I was wow. probably 11 or 12 years old. Um, I went to a party with my friend who was in seventh grade, so he'd already started in, in high school, and I was in primary school. And he, I went and had a sleepover at his house, and he's like, we're going to this party. It's a guy that's in year 12 from my high school, and anyone's invited, and it's free beer. 
And, wow. uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was, yeah, I was very young, you know, and, uh, they had a, a, a keg of beer there and, um, and we went there and we were like these two little kids at this party that I was just like, what the hell? And we were drinking, you know, we were just drinking and drinking and drinking. And, and I must have probably had maybe six beers, six or seven beers, and I was blind drunk. And then the police rolled up and we ran and we were, you know, it was sort of where we grew up was sort of out in the, in the countryside a little bit. So we had to run out in this paddock and hide in the grass. And Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, like, I mean, for, for me being sober, it's, uh, you know, like I look back at that stuff and, and just know that, uh, you know, I had uh, alcoholic tendencies um, from a very young age and, and, and addictive uh, tendencies from a very young age. You know, I knew that's what it was. Uh, when I, um, yeah, so when I found out that or uh, subscribed to the idea that addiction is a disease, uh, it made a whole lot of stuff make sense for me. And uh, I was sort of like, ah, that explains pretty much my re- the reason my whole life just went whoop, straight downhill from <laughs> 15 onwards, you know, until I was about, you know, 30 when I got sober. Wow. Uh, what was the, the awakening moment? What, what turned the page? What was that day like when it was like, I can't do this anymore? Well, there was, there was several of those days. Um, there was, um, there was a time I was in a pretty toxic relationship for a little while and, um, that all kind of went pear shaped, but that was sort of the catalyst for me to start getting engaged with it in a more serious way. Hmm. I think I'd made some feeble attempts in the last five years of my drinking and using drugs um, to stop, but it was they were feeble attempts. It wasn't it wasn't uh, something that I was um, really genuinely trying to pursue. I just knew that I didn't want to do it to the extent that I was doing it. But, um, yeah, being in that toxic sort of relationship with someone uh, was the catalyst for me. Um, you know, I got introduced to 12-step programs, which is which is uh, what I do. And, um, yeah, there was, there was I, I think initially I got about three months up and then I wasn't quite doing all the things. I was going to a few meetings and things like that. And then I, uh, I went on tour in Europe with a band that I was playing bass with. Um, and as soon as I got to, we, we flew into Frankfurt and we drove from Frankfurt to Hamburg and uh, I had three months sober and I was planning on doing this six week tour sober. And I think I lasted about an hour on the Reaper barn. (laughs) 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 And I just like that whole tour, that whole six weeks, I just, I I used and drank every single day. Um, And then when I got home, I was very unwell. And uh, I had one last little bender in Melbourne. And then uh, I think on the Monday morning, I was walking down some city street in Melbourne alone on my own, just going, what the, you know, I hadn't slept for like four days. And it was just, I was, I was an absolute mess. And uh, that's when I said, all right, I'm going to do this properly and I'm going to apply myself, but I'm going to do all the suggested things. And, um, and uh, I've been doing that ever since and staying, uh, clean and sober one day at a time since since back then october the 27th i think it was in 2000 must be 2011 it's amazing yeah yeah it's so, amazing yeah 
It's been a lot of hard work, though. That's for sure. I, I, I've heard everyone that I've spoken to has, has said the same thing. And the other days that are still hard, where you still want to go and and experiment with it again. Oh, I could just have one beer, you know? Yeah, no, I know I can't. I know I can't have one. Um, and I know one. Uh, it was good old recovery saying is uh, one's too many and a thousand's never enough. <laughs> exactly. And you yeah. might have heard it. I have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, look, my life is pretty pretty well sort of um, you know focused around recovery stuff at, at at the moment as well as as well as doing all my music stuff and my family and. And all that, you know, I, I have a really strong connection with the recovery community. I work at a drug and alcohol rehab, um, which I've been doing for the last sort of three years. Um, uh, King Parrot probably hasn't been as busy the last two years. And obviously this year um, uh, we haven't been, you know, like busy in a live sense. So, um, yeah, I've been just working as a manager at the, uh, the drug and alcohol rehab down near where I live. And, um, yeah, so I'm in, in contact with those people. I do a bit of counseling and stuff like that. So, um, that's, that's pretty much what I do with my time these days. That's so, so, so amazing. And it must also just puts you back into perspective of why you don't want to go back Yeah. when you're dealing with people who are get freshly becoming sober. Yeah, man, it, it is. It's a real eye opener. It's um, it's it's really challenging work. It's very draining. It's um, uh, you know, you're dealing with people on a day to day basis who are, you know, at the most vulnerable point in their life, and um, they want they're basically putting their hand up and saying, "I need help," mm-hmm. and and that's 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 the key, you know, is, is having people at that point in their life putting their hand up and saying, Hey, I need some help. Um, and you know, if they want that help, then we can help them and show them a way to live, which, um, you know, we, we help them create the foundation. And then from there, they have to take it themselves and and implement it in their own life. And, you know, we, we do lots of different things, you know, there's like a 30 day program, a 60 day program, a 90 day program. And then you can, you know, if you still need some more treatment, you can go into a transition program when you can start doing a little bit of work and things like that outside of the rehab. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's it's very involved you know we, there's lots of different things that we do you know we try and introduce people to you know all sorts of stuff that they ne- would never really have done before like meditation and yoga and um we've started doing sound baths and stuff like that really really cool yeah yeah um we take them to the gym we get them doing personal training we make them cook they have to cook all their own meals that have been designed by a nutritionist you know we have they, they gotta clean and make sure that they've got the place all you know speak and span and um it's uh it's, it's a really interesting program obviously there's psychology and group therapy sessions and all that sort of stuff you know and then we also try and get them out and involved in the 12-step fellowship um in in our local area and um getting them interacting with people that are actually living a clean and sober lifestyle you know and which is important too because you know when you are an alcoholic or addicted to drugs it is a major part of your identity sure is it's something that has taken over everything in your life yeah so so how did you get out and you did you have to just break ties with a bunch of relationships Uh, how did people around you cope with the new matt young Ah, <laughs> uh, they. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, for a lot of people that I was spending time with, I just disappeared. You know, 
I, mm. I, I disappeared. You know, I mean, the guys, the um, the guys that you know who are, who are my close friends, the guys in King Parrot. Um, you know, I mean, they they still drink and all that sort of stuff, but um, they're very respectful of, of what I'm doing and why I need to do it. And um, you know, it was interesting because when we when we first started King Parrot, I was still drinking and using drugs, and um, we, we played our. I think I think the only show that I played while I was under the influence of drugs or alcohol with King Parrot was the first show we ever played, and it was fucking terrible and um we, we, we were so bad and um and i just like i blew my voice still smoking cigarettes and i blew my voice out i blew everything you know it was just a, it was a mess and like the guitarist's amp cut out and and, and the distortion wasn't working so we only had a clean it was just Jesus. A mess. <laughs> it was so bad you know and um and then uh yeah we i think we had a bit of a break after that and we we fired things up around we were jamming around 2009 and I think we started doing it more properly around 2010, 2011. And, um, you know, and that was when I kind of, you know, I had to really just go, if I'm going to do this and do these vocals the way that I want them to sound and, and, and apply myself to doing this and, and do all the things as a band that, I've always wanted to do because, you know, I'd always played music from like 15 until I was 30, but I'd never really done the things that I wanted to do. You know, I'd never done the touring stuff properly and I'd never been, you know, did it the way I wanted to do it. And uh, when I, with that last tour that I was just telling you about where I kind of had three months clean and went out on tour playing bass with this band and we went to Europe, I saw that it was, it was possible these guys in the band were, they were, uh, motivated and they were organized and i'm just like this is what i'm not doing and i know i can do this myself if i apply myself properly so it was interesting i took all the things that i'd learned from recovery and getting clean and stuff and i just applied it to the business of king parrot and I don't know if the guys from the band knew that or anything, but, <laughs> but it, it works. Just, it works. <laughs> it was just about being honest, you know. So, like, you know, one one thing that I would always done was I did always just take the the band money when I played in bands, and we'd just go and spend it on drugs and alcohol. Every gig, we would always just do that, and it was like, so we stopped doing that. You know, we started take, you know taking started taking the band seriously and started doing the business seriously. And I think one of the one of the proudest things I am of King Parrot is that, you know, we've never really um, had to interject our own money into the band or anything like that. It's just been a self-funding band the whole time. And um, for the for the amount of stuff that we've achieved in, in the time that we've been a band, like 10 years or whatever, it's been amazing just to sort of watch it start from a pile of 20 T-shirts to, you know, all the stuff that we've done as a, you know, shitty old grindcore band from Melbourne, you know. It's been really fun. It's been really cool and it's given us so many life experiences that we'll never, never forget. So, um, yeah, but going back to the original question, yeah, I, I sort of had to cut a lot of ties and, um, yeah, the boys from King Parrot have been really supportive. Initially, it was a bit of a shock to the system because I was very, okay, I'm at the gig, I'm going to be here. I had to have a support person with me. I had to have someone oh, there okay. with me and then I would, you know, maybe sell some merch or whatever and then I'd just be like, no, nah, I'm going, shutting it down, I'm leaving. And it, it was a little bit weird to begin with, but um, as time's gone on, man, I, I don't really have a desire to use drugs or drink alcohol anymore. And um, I'm very focused on when we do a show that I'm working from the minute we get there 
till the minute we leave. You know, I'm doing something the whole time. I'm selling merch. I'm out talking to people, doing the money, settling up, managing things, whatever. I just keep myself busy. And um, I think the other guys like that arrangement. So it's pretty. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's good. I'm just happy to do it, man, because they want to have fun. They want to have a good time and all that sort of stuff, you know. And I like driving and, you know, like we've done a lot of band tours, although I'd you know, prefer not to do van tours anymore if we can get away, if we get out of it. But yeah, like we've had some sketchy moments in those vans, that's for sure. Yes. And I'm sure you can relate. The ultimate, ultimate band member. Everyone just loves you. You you do it all. (laughs) Oh, I'll try to, man. But it's just, it's it's sort of, it's, it's, yeah. It's always a team effort. There's all, I mean, you, everyone's always there, but. I uh, try to do most of the stuff, yeah, just to make it smooth. And it's, it's, I find it sometimes easier when you just have one person doing it, you know? Uh, absolutely. Too many yeah. chefs in the kitchen is always a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not wrong, man. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, what, what would be some advice for someone that is listening that, you know, it may be you, the words that you're about to say is what they need to hear so that they could become sober because they have a problem. Well, I would, um, you know, I mean, so in, in Australia, there's a real culture thing with drugs and alcohol. Um, and it's probably a worldwide thing, I guess. I don't, I, I don't know. But in Australia, it's very, um, it's very prominent in our society that, you know, you drink beer and you smoke bongs or you smoke pot or whatever, you know. And um, I found that um, the, all, a lot of the things that I'd learned through my life growing up weren't – they didn't resonate with me. Um, and I found that becoming vulnerable and asking for help was um, possibly the best, strongest, most courageous thing that I could do. And that was always – foreign to me it was like whoa ask for help or no way you know (laughs) but as soon as as soon as i did um it was it was an amazing amazing experience a whole new world opened up for me you know like this whole new world opened up and i was like far out i can just be vulnerable say how i'm feeling and talk about how i'm feeling talk about what's going on for me and and um and there's people out there that want to help and there's people out there in the world that want to um be around and and share and talk and you know man from just being in recovery like it's opened so many things up for me like when we go on tour and stuff i'll often just duck off and go to a meeting or 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 something like that and i've had so many like i don't know i'm just trying to think of one thing that happened well so okay we're in new york one day and uh, we were playing, we were staying in a hotel in Manhattan and I went to this meeting and we met up with an Australian guy that I was friends with way out in the Bronx, right? And I caught the subway <laughs> out there and I met up with him and we went and had some food and then he took t- took me to his meeting. And uh, I went to the meeting and it was great and I felt good. And then I was like about to jump on the subway. It was probably about nine o'clock at night and I was about to head back into Manhattan, which is maybe an hour or so on the trains and swapping around. And, you know, this guy that I'd never met before just goes, dude, there's no way known I'm putting you on the subway. Jump in the car, 
I'll, I'll drop you off at your hotel. And I was like, really? <laughs> that, that, that would be a lot better. <laughs> Save a good hour. <laughs> yeah. And he ended up being, you know, like he started talking metal with me. He was a metal head. He was, he, we put some tunes on. We were talking shit. He's like, I put him on the guest list for the show the next night. Came Amazing. along. You know, I've had so many experiences like that, that, you know, if I was still using and drinking, you know, I wouldn't have those experiences. It'd be, you know, you'd meet someone, you might be, doing some coke in the toilet or something like that and you wouldn't remember their name and you'd be blind drunk you'd feel like shit the next day and whatever like i don't know for me everything becomes so much more real when you're sober and when you're clean and i found also that like my performance um with the music stuff became a lot more genuine too and, and i was able to sort of really interact with the audience in a much more genuine way um so, yeah, I mean, I guess for me, the self-esteem, like it was less ego and more self-esteem and confidence and stuff like that. Um, and um, that all came from being vulnerable. So what I would say to people is like, don't be afraid to be vulnerable and don't be afraid to ask for help. And there's so much, so much help out there if, uh, if you really want it. Um, but you've got to really want it. You know, um, it won't just sort of come knocking on your door. Hey, help. You know, it's like you got to go get it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, like I, I always try and make myself available to people that are having issues or, or whatever as well. So that's um, that's something that's really important to me as well. And it's something that I do in my job on a daily basis too. Does that happen on tour sometimes too? You see people that are potentially struggling and you you lend them a helping hand or? absolutely yeah <laughs> happens in my own band van because <laughs> <laughs> you know people go through waves sometimes and they're hurting on the tour and they overindulge a bit too much yeah yeah absolutely man it's i've had lots of different experiences with all sorts of different people and i, I guess i won't break anyone's anonymity but um, no 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 but um but i've had some amazing chats with some people about sobriety and what their take is on it and how it applies to them i've um you know spent you know countless hours talking shit in the back of tour buses and stuff with people that are in recovery too and i've had even i mean i think it was uh somewhere up in Canada, I think it might've been in Edmonton. I had this group of young guys that were in recovery that came up and said, Hey man, we're in recovery. Do you want to do an impromptu meeting? <laughs> you know, and these, these, <laughs> they were all amazing. in their twenties and, and you know, they were all in recovery, but they were all fans of uh, King Parrot and um, were, were want, they, they knew from reading my lyrics and stuff that I was in recovery. So <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, being a, a father of young children, uh, how are you going to educate them or react when they do come home drunk <laughs> the first time? <laughs> oh, man, that's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, what do you do? What do you do? I mean, <laughs> I mean we've got children that um, are older. Well, our oldest daughter is older than... I was the first time I got drunk mm -hmm. and she's nowhere. She's not even, it's not even on her radar, you know, it's not even on her <laughs> radar. So that's, that's amazing. But, um, oh man, what am I going to do? Well, I, I, I can't get angry. That's for sure. I can't get angry or upset. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't really want to, but, um, 
you know, I could I could always take them into uh, to my work for the day and say, yeah. "Hey, do you want to come and see how this ends out?" For, <laughs> you know, yeah. because you know, like addiction is such a cunning thing, you know, and it's not it's not just a you know it can be a hereditary thing, you know. You t- you, I hear about families all the time that you know this uh, you know like my dad's a drunk, my mum's a drunk, my sisters are all you know like everyone's affected by it. But then you also hear stories of people that are affected by it just because they've you know that they, they might have come from the most perfect upbringing, you know, like spoiled rotten kids or, or whatever. It just, it just doesn't discriminate, you know. Um, but I, I think the, the 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 one common thing is that once it's in there and it's happened and it's done, that it's there. And mm-hmm. um, to my knowledge, there's no cure, but we can treat it. So that's um, that's that's the that's kind of the, the way that I look at it. And um, you know, in, in terms of the kids, I mean, yeah, I can just hey, come and do some work experience for the day, and you can see what happens <laughs> to people that like to fuck up too much. <laughs> I have seen you uh, once live. It was at Foof's when I saw you. And yes, I had heard your music before. I'd seen the music videos, but I'd never seen you as a front man before. And you walk onto stage with a two four water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by the end of the show, there's no water left, and everyone is wet. And you were you were like a maniac, and I, I just was blown away. One of the best frontman performances I've ever seen in my life. Just <laughs> Thank you. Fearless. So so, where does that come from? I think it comes from being sober. <laughs> <laughs> I really do, you know. I mean, but I, you know, like I think I, you know, try and take my cues from, a, 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 like it's, it's a performance, I think, um, in, in a way. But um, you know, like you, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the older sort of Australian scene, but we grew up with some really great bands, and um, they were a big influence on our band, and um, some bands like Blood Duster. Um, there's another band called Damaged, which were just incredible. Um, who we, we we had both of the drummer, the drummer from Blood Duster and the drummer from Damaged, have both played in King Parrot at different points. Um, we wanted to produce a sound that was similar, like so. We wanted it to sound Australian. We wanted it to come across Australian, but we wanted it to be as extreme as all that stuff was. But we also wanted to get out there and tour it and play around the world, which a lot of those bands hadn't had the opportunity to do that um and we wanted to take that ferocious australian approach to an in-your-face approach to the live performance so that we could really interact with the the audience um (laughs) yeah and 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 just make it like so people were like whether they either loved it or they hated it they were they had to feel something about like, it, what the you fuck? Know? What the fuck just happened? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And um, in <laughs> early days when I was, early days when I was super early in recovery and not drinking, like I would, you know, there would be maybe like you know twenty, thirty, forty people at the show, and I would go and knock people's beers out of their hands, or if they had their beers sitting on the table, I would just push the table over and, <laughs> uh, and just really start some shit, you know. And um, and early days, it, it was we kind of got that sort of reputation for being stupid and wild and, and, you know, like anything can happen at this show kind of thing. Um, and, uh, it was kind of lucky that 
we, we you know we did the shit on the lid of a video which really brought in a lot of people to our audience and um when we put out our first record and stuff and um it became you know like the the, the crowds the venue started to fill up a little bit more so i didn't have the opportunity to jump in and like <laughs> you know because it was getting a little bit sketchy there was a couple of shows where i actually got into fights with the audience members and stuff like that and you know being sober it wasn't really what i wanted to do but uh, it was a, just a weird time for me as a individual you know <laughs> i was sort of like frustrated and angry that i couldn't drink but i didn't want to drink and i knew what it was going to mm-hmm. do and i was playing in this super extreme band that played this music and i was just like fuck it you know like fuck everything <laughs> and uh that was probably yeah i guess what what a lot of people saw and um yeah it's it's probably turned into something a little bit different now but um you know it's still as intense and in your face as it always was i just try not to get into fights with the audience i don't want to be gg allen i don't want to shit on anyone <laughs> no, 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 no. But, you know, they're, 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 and there's a lot of love in metal, and I like that. So yeah, I like absolutely. to keep it that way. Yeah. It's like an organized violence that ends up in a hug. Exactly, that's, exactly. And that's, that's what I like that's to what see. That's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, one last question. I would like to sure. uh, focus on the positive, the silver lining of COVID. What is the yeah. best thing that happened in your life because of COVID? The best thing, well, me and my uh, my my uh, fiance, we had a we had a daughter. That's amazing. That yeah. was the best thing that happened, man. And um, wow, it was it was it was full on, you know, like the, being in the hospital and all that sort of stuff. It was it was full on, you know. And I got I really, my partner was so incredibly brave and strong and courageous and uh, loving and amazing. She's just done an amazing job. She's an amazing mom and. Um, she got through all that with flying colors and um you know it's it's definitely had an effect on us but things being the way that they are at the moment having a new baby and um you know like having a new baby and then having the kids we didn't like the schools were closed in victoria here so we had like all the kids at home while i was working trying to do work and then it was it was chaos it was really hectic and um, (laughs) oh man it was it was something else and and um yeah but i mean having a having a little baby girl is uh just the most incredible thing and um yeah we're just so uh so happy you know and it's just nice to be out on on a holiday right now and like while the the restrictions have somewhat eased a little bit where we are it feels like it's going to ramp up again and Oh man, it's just, I guess for me personally, it's just such a shame that, you know, we can't play, uh, but I don't know when it's going to happen. We've got a tour book for June. We'll see how we go. Okay. Excellent. Uh, Matt, thank you so, so much for taking the time to uh, have a chat with me and be just, just so honest and vulnerable and just telling me all about your life about being sober i love it so much thank you i really really appreciate that everyone please go check out that new king parrot record and crisis act because they're absolute bangers matt you're a legend thank you so much cheers thanks matt take care brother hey 
Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What an amazing conversation this was. Honestly, this was the first interview that I did for 2021. I was just so excited after this conversation about how honest and how forthright Matt was during this chat. I found it just truly, truly inspiring. And he's absolutely right. If you are listening right now, And if you feel like your relationship with drugs or alcohol is something that you need to reevaluate, do not be afraid to ask for help. There are groups out there. There are people just waiting to listen to you. There is no shame with asking for help. It is something very, very important that we all must comprehend and put behind us. If you need help, ask for it. There will be hands waiting there to grasp you and to lift you up and to put you back on the right track. I am so inspired by what Matt has done, changing his life completely, just putting himself on a much higher plane and he's accomplished so much. And and this is something that you can do too. So, so be like Matt, turn the page and make yourself a better person. If that's something you think you need to do. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should subscribe to it on the podcast platform of your choice. But not only that, something else that would really help the Vox and Hops Metal podcast would be if you were to rate it or write a review, because when you do that, the podcast platforms that you listen to the podcast on will treat the podcast differently in their algorithm, and it will really help more people just like yourself discover the Vox and Hops podcast, which is something that I would appreciate very much. I also just launched the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast's mailing list. You can sign up to that on the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast website. That is voxandhops.com. That's right, V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. When you sign up to this mailing list, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened in the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast's world that week. Uh, I don't want you guys missing a single thing. There's a whole bunch of really cool stuff that happens, and I would hate for you to miss it. So so sign up to the mailing list, and you won't miss a single thing. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have two more episodes coming at you this week. I got one dropping on Thursday, which is the live interview, which I recorded at last week's Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hang with Keith Wampler of The Convalescence. And I also have one more coming at you this Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? (laughs) So do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts. Thank you.